Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. I am Tower here with the Watchman, and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence for the WIBR Warren Radio Network through through our contact page on warren-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on usa.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, LinkedIn, Pure Social, Spreely, and Linktree. And the Warren Radio Network is available through the following carriers. Warren-USA.com and DanaGlennSmith.com You can also find Warren Radio on these following streamers. Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, and Podchaser. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and leave a good comment on the show where you've heard us. Your interaction helps. And don't miss the following posts on warren-usa.com and danaglennsmith.com. Partakers of Christ. The bare-knuckle fact of faith is that it is just that, faith. You believe first, then continue to trust until it comes to pass. Today, Christians are partakers of Christ. Also, America, American Republic, you can keep. We must ponder America, which began as a constitutional republic, whether or not we will allow global and regional forces to push this nation into the pine box of history is up to those in this nation. On warn-usa.com you'll find America taking the kingdom away. There are those in power in this nation that are enemies of our way of life, our constitution, and our bill of rights. In addition, they push a race war of all wars within this country. On DanaGlennSmith.com, you will find Kingdom's Call for the Light, Kingdom's Call of the Light in Christ Jesus. Kingdom's Call: Be righteous as you walk in a world of darkness, for the light shall overcome all things. Be sure the Lord has shown you, O oh man, what is required of you. And also, weaponized political warfare. Today, as you know, and I surely do not have to tell you, the issue in America and the warfare being waged by the left can be viewed as a political civil war. Christ Jesus of the faith you follow. Christ Jesus, it is not the religion, the denomination, the current trend, or any other man-made living thing or theology. The, bass, the brass tack of the situation. And be sure to get the WIBR Warren radio newsletter by going to DanaGlennSmith.com 
where you can sign up for the newsletter and also visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop, where we feature Christian books and other resources from our Vision Media. And now I welcome in the Watchmen. You're listening to WARN Radio on the WIBR WARN Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. We're here. Another Yay. Thursday. The first day of July. Yeah, and we hit part 96. Wow. That's about the temperature outside, too. <laughs> it's going to so, be. 96. Yep. yep. Well, at any rate. Okay, well, the day of trouble finds itself at part 96 on Battle Lines. So Isaiah's prophetic book, the lessons here are plain and very necessary to see in this. Today, as Christians, there are many who challenge the faith of believers. They blaspheme the name of the Lord, the Christ of our God and Father and heaven itself. And now, back to you. Yes, and we'll begin this. Well, we left off... uh, In verse 2 of Isaiah 37. And you know, a lot of these things we're following in Isaiah. You know, I mean, you can just look at it. I mean, as believers in Yahshua, Jesus Christ, Scripture shows us that there's going to be a time of tribulation on the earth. Greater than any time ever. Christians have another thing. In the world, you will have trouble or tribulation. And so we're not without our own scriptural trouble. Now Israel, on the other hand, in this case, the house of Judah. And we covered it last week, the response that Hezekiah did. And... uh, he rent his clothes, covered in sackcloth, all that, you know, as humbling himself, went into the house of the Lord to intercede. And, of course, while he was in there, he spread out the paper and did a lot of other things. He also sent the house minister, Eliakim, and the house another house minister, Shebna, and the eldest of the priests, wrapped in mourning linen, to Isaiah the prophet, and gave the message to prophet, to Isaiah what was going on. And Isaiah gave the message back. And so <clears throat> it, it's one of those things where we pick up on these things. And, and it was a day of trouble. It was uh, considerable consternation when you have a huge army outside the gates. And they're demanding you surrender. They're mocking you. And we went through all of this. And uh, so they come unto 
Isaiah. And they said, Thus says Hezekiah, This is a day of trouble, of rebuke, and and of blasphemy. For the children are come to birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. You see, everything in Judah, the children of the Lord, the promised of David, we're facing trouble right now. Outside the gate was a huge army of the Assyrians. It is the same nation that had carried away the northern tribes. Now they were going to carry away Judah. And so you have a day of trouble, a day of rebuke, and a day of blasphemy. And they go on to say, It may be the Lord thy God will hear the words of Rabshakei, whom the king of Assyria, his master, hath sent to reproach the living God, and will reprove the words which the Lord thy God has heard. Wherefore, lift up thy prayer for the remnant that is left. And, you know, you and I can't be there. But it would have been something to see. Because everybody would have been concerned. And what the king did at the outskirts, showing the signs of humiliation and sorrow and grief, over what had happened. Going into the house of the Lord, all humbling himself as king. Not telling the priests to go humble themselves and him sitting on his throne being proud. No. He humbled himself. And so, it became a real day of trouble. And you can bet that the children of Israel, of Judah, who was in Jerusalem at the time, when they saw and heard that the king had put on sackcloth, threw on ashes, went into the house of the Lord, they knew. You know, there's an old saying, we know the drill. They knew it. And there's one thing about the Jews, Judah, both houses. They had this innate sense of a love of life. They even did, you know, you see that in the people of Israel. You see that in many Jews today. And you also can't hide the fact of the trouble they've had. The genocide by Hitler. But this was a real day of trouble. Now see, this day of trouble, though, would turn into a day of victory. And this was also a lesson for the children of Israel. Here being Judah. Because they had just come off of a bad reign, a long reign, of a bad king. Jezebel and Ahaz. And... They had led the children of Israel astray. 
and they had built altars to Baal and did all kinds of things. And so the king now, Hezekiah, had been destroying those and restoring worship back to the Lord God. And it was also Isaiah that prophesied originally, saying that Assyria God would use. But see, when the Assyrian messenger, the head one, Rabshakeh, who was doing the talking, he went in and said that the Lord God told us to come and destroy you, take you over. He also said that you who have destroyed the Lord's holy places, and it shows you right there, they really had no clue as to how Judah carried out the worship. Had they have known, or had they have paid attention to what was going on? But they didn't. They didn't know. Even today, as Christians, you know, when Paul talks of the church, talks of the believers, he says, you are the light. The world is in the darkness. They don't comprehend the light. We are the light. They're in darkness. The day will come upon them unsuddenly, uh, you know, suddenly as to the end. But for us in the light, we know. As believers, we're to know. And so here we see Hezekiah spread, and he does spread out all things. And you can find this um, in various places. And of course, Rabshakeh wanted them to surrender the city. At the same time, threatening siege. And in his desire to convince Israel, he ended up naming the name of God, of the Lord, saying that the Lord had told him. All that is blasphemy. Because when you say that the Lord said something that he didn't say, that's blasphemy. And further, when you insist on it, you're calling God a liar. And so you have this day of trouble, this day of rebuke, and this day of blasphemy, and they're facing this, this huge foe. And of course, at the time, Rabshakeh made sure to mention also that Egypt, who Hezekiah and some of his, uh, his political ministers, you can always find the politics in this, apparently within their politics of the city, they had decided it was a good idea to go get help from Egypt. Now, of course, in the end, Hezekiah doesn't do that. In the end, he looks to the Lord. Now, of course, there would have always been that division in there of others with other ideas. I mean, we see it all the time. Look at the recent elections in Israel. It took them five times to get someone voted in. 
to replace Netanyahu. And look at our own elections. You know, on the one hand, under Trump, you know, we had a lot of good things going. And under Biden, it's just like uh, someone brought on the disaster pill, you know. Totally, night and day. And see, this is what can happen. One day you're in blessing, the next day you're in trouble. And see, when you understand the point, too, that the Lord said, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. And then when you fully understand John 3.16, many don't fully understand it. For God so loved the world. Okay, he loved the world. And everybody in the world agree. Yeah, okay, he, he loved the world and he sent his son. We, we get that. Well, if God so loved the world and he said earlier, as many as I love are rebuke and chasten, then it means as many as are in the world, he rebukes and chastens. To get them right, to get them to come to him. This also follows, uh, the scripture says, there is none righteous, no, not one. And so we are sinners and needing a savior. And God has provided one for us for our atonement. That took care of the sin question for us in the new covenant. Now the Jews have him too. But see, in Judah, they didn't have all that yet. They were still under the, old, the covenant and the law. And they get an army outside the city. And it threatens them. And so, you know, I would be humbling myself and going to the Lord. I mean, they they said, we'll give you 20,000 horses. Or no, 2,000, he said. I think it was Rabshakeh. I said, 2,000 horses, if you can set riders on them. Well, he knew very well they couldn't put riders on them. Nevertheless, Rabshakeh and Sennacherib knew that they were going to destroy. They were going to take Judah. They're going to take Jerusalem. They're going to take them captive. And they're going to do what they want. They knew that. The assumption of wickedness is we're going to do it. We're going to be successful. Because they've sinned against the Lord their God. We have a right to take it. And technically, if you fall away from the Lord, the devil has the right because you've forsaken that which is your salvation. When you're in darkness and you reject the Lord, I'll tell you, you're open property for the devil. And this includes nations. Unless the Lord keeps the city, the watchman wake, awake in vain. The watchman can stand up and say, oh, dear God. You know, start shouting and blowing the trumpet and say, we're, we're surrounded. We're in trouble. Well, they can't go to Jehovah God because they've forsaken him and they won't pray to him and they've defiled his temple. This is what happened when Babylon came and took Judah captive for 70 years. 
Even the Lord told Jeremiah, go in and look into my temple and see how they've defiled it. They took their idols and stuff and went in the temple and defiled the walls. But see, the difference here, kids, is very simple. Under Ahaz and Jezebel, they were going away from the Lord, man. They weren't doing very much. But see, now God had Hezekiah on the throne and he had Isaiah the prophet. You go tell him, Isaiah, what I told you. I'm going to take care of this. This little firebrand ain't going nowhere. He's going back into his own country and he's going to die of the sword there. Now that's important. Because that comes under blood guilt. There was not going to be the spilling of the blood of the leader of that, but in his own country where the blood would defile and come against his own people. His own sons killed him, which creates the penalty for the spilling of the blood. It creates chaos. It creates a curse. It does. That's why God was so adamant when he warned Israel about the blood. And he warned them about doing the same things that that the nations before him did. This is the Gentiles, kids. The Gentiles. Don't do what them stinking Gentiles. I'll tell you, that's true, man. You look at the Gentile nations today and what are we doing? Look at America. You know, you think we're right with God in America today? No. America is not all right in the sight of the Lord today. And if you find a Christian pastor telling you that, he's crazy in a loving way. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Now, Christians can be all right here, and God can be taking care of the Christians, and they can even be blessed. But the country itself is under judgment and going ahead under worse judgment. And what are your churches doing? Are they repenting in any way? Are they really warning this country about what's going on, the abominations and some of the stuff that's happening that is an absolute abomination? We haven't even got an idea of the sins that are stacked up in this country because we're so ignorant of it. And so is many of the churches because the pastors are ignorant of it. They don't even know. Now, one thing when we talk about mourning and stuff and how righteous people need to be, there's an example in Acts of Paul and Barnabas. This is uh, Acts 14, 11 through 16. And when the people saw what Paul had done, there was a miracle. They lifted up the voices, saying in the speech of Lyconia, The gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Jupiter, which was before their city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates and would have done sacrifice with the people. Which when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out. See, the miracles were done in the name of the Lord. And Barnabas and Paul did not want anything to do with the uncleanness of the idolatry. And so they ran up to stop 
what they were going to do. And they said, sirs, why do you do these things? We also are men of like passions with you and preach unto you that you should turn from these vanities, these fake gods, unto the living God which made heaven and earth to see in all things that are therein, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. You can read the rest of that in Acts 14. But the idea here is when you rent your clothes, it is a dear God moment. What have we done? What is going on? This is the worst thing that could happen. And so they had to get their attention. And see, God needed to get Judah's attention. So he chooses Assyria to remind Judah that, number one, they're his servants, and unless the Lord God keeps the city, the watchmen wake in vain. It doesn't matter what kind of an army you have because you'll be defeated. And the same goes for nations. The same goes for America. You start counting as nothing the righteousness of our God and his son and this nation not to do abominable things in his sight. And we've been doing them for so long we don't even know we're doing them anymore. And we celebrate, and the press celebrates, and the politicians celebrate, and the churches, many of them accept it, because they don't even know. When you start doing that, you look, because at the gates of Washington and at the, at the gates up here in the north and the gates at the south, you're going to be flooded with an army. And you're already being flooded by an army, but they're mostly illegals. They're not an army, but they are an army of people. And you've got to deal with them because among them are radical Islamists who are coming in to make war in America. You haven't even begun to see the problems America is going to have because of what Biden has done. And Biden was able to get in because when nations turn wicked, God sends wicked rulers into that nation as a result. Well, after the reign of the last wicked king, Hezekiah got in there. And he made some changes. So God, and the Lord knew. The Lord knew what Hezekiah was doing. He knew that, that Hezekiah would listen to Isaiah. And so in verse 5, so the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah. Where else are you going to go? Now see, we could go into many of the houses of God here, you know, the Christian churches, or for that matter, any number of them. But let's stick to Christian churches. Most of the pastors in there wouldn't know a true word of God. They would just, they'd get the Bible out and tell you things to to soothe your mind and read Psalm 91 to you and tell you to go on your way. But Psalm 91 is not going to do America any good if America rejects the Lord and rejects, uh, you know, the fact that we shouldn't be doing abominable things in this country. It's not going to happen. There needs to be repentance in this land from the bottom up. 
But all I see and all many people see are the pride. Everywhere we look is pride. All the, all the websites embrace pride. And we got all kinds of pride. White ply, pride, and not so much anymore because they don't like the whites. Uh, black pride. LGBTQ pride. I mean, every kind of pride you can think of. Pride goes before a fall. So the Lord sent this little army from Assyria big enough to scare the daylights out of Jerusalem. But see, Hezekiah being a good king, he also told those who went to talk to Rabshakeh, don't you answer him a word. You just come back to me. And so Isaiah spoke to them. And when Isaiah speaks to the servants, it's their duty to give the exact words, to go back and make sure the king gets the message. Well, king, because, you know, you may have just taken over Judah, but, you know, unfortunately there's so many sins stacked up here because of the last group that was running it. Uh, you're just going to have to get murdered and destroyed. That's not what Isaiah said. Hezekiah changed the difference. It's the leaders. And, and I'll tell you, around the world, when we are doing many of our shows, and especially on the advocacy of the persecuted church, when we look at the persecution of the church, we look at the government and we look at the leaders. And almost all the time, you'll find the problem in the leadership. In China, it's the leadership. Even the recent one, the burning of Christian books, it's the leadership, Communist Party. In North Korea, it's their government. In India, it is because it's a Hindu nationalist country. Throughout all of Africa, it's because there's all kinds of various tribes in there. But, the, but uh, the ones that are causing the trouble are the Islamic jihadists. Because their goal is to take over Africa completely. And if they succeed, then they've got one continent down and a few more to take and they will have the world. Because if they succeed in taking Africa... They'll go into the Middle East and take that. They'll sweep up through Turkey. They'll come in the back end through Asia. I don't think they'll be able to take Russia. But they will sweep up through Italy like the others did. They're already in Europe. And because of Biden now, we're going to have even more of them here. So this is how this works. So Isaiah said, Thus shall you say to your master, Thus saith the Lord, Be not afraid of the words that you have heard. We're going to stop there for a minute. What does the New Testament tell us? The devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Listen, if the devil's roaring and boasting, that means he hasn't devoured you. He's working on fear. He's working on destroying your faith. He's working on dividing you. 
You don't answer him a word. The same way when Hezekiah said to them, you go listen to him, but don't you speak a word after he gets done. Don't you tell him anything. Don't you ask him anything. The only thing they told him was speak in a different language. So if that, all you hear is roaring, you're still alive and good to go. See, Rabshakeh was just roaring. That was temptation. That was instilling the fear because with fear, it destroys faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who have diligently sought him. So Isaiah said, be not afraid. Do not fear. When the children of Israel went in to the promised land, the one thing that they were told, do not fear. Be courageous. Do you think it's any different today? Do not fear. If you're walking where you need to be walking with the Lord, Yahshua, Jesus, Let's go to 1 John 1. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. If we're walking in that light, and we're fellowshipping with him, he ain't going to forget, uh, forsake us because he's there with us in the light. We're fine. doesn't mean you're not going to be tempted. It doesn't mean you're not going to be thrown in prison. Matter of fact, he warned that you would. You'd be hated of all men for my name's sake. In Revelation 12:11, it says, They overcame by the blood of the Lamb the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. That is the overcoming thing in Revelation 12:11. That's That's the final. That's the one thing that could happen. But be not afraid. Judah, don't be afraid. Wherewith the servants of the king of Assyria has blasphemed me. Be not afraid of the words of the king of Assyria who has blasphemed me. Now that is... <laughs> God heard it. The words Rabshakeh spoke coming from the king were recorded by the Lord as directed... At him, and he would vindicate his name and honor. Isaiah 10, 24 through 25. Now, this is Isaiah's prophecy. We're going through the actual events here. In Isaiah 10, 24 through 25, Isaiah had prophesied, saying, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, O my people that dwellest in Zion, be not afraid of the Assyrian. He shall smite thee with a rod, and shall lift up his staff against thee after the manner of Egypt. For yet a little while, and the indignation shall cease, and my anger in their destruction. See, it's going to come. The indignation is going to cease. The indignation is them trying to destroy Judah and also blaspheming the Lord and so the Lord says the indignation shall cease and my anger in their destruction they'll see his anger will cease but he will destroy them first 
there is no doubt when you get in the Old Testament and you're dealing with Israel, you find that repetitive thing where Israel was all right with the Lord. They fall away from the Lord. The Lord sends chastisement and judgment. They repent and God delivers. And then, of course, there's times like the northern tribes who sin grievously and he sends them into captivity. You know, well, no captivity. He just delivers the whole whole bunch of them are taken away. That's why they are known as the lost tribes of Israel. But there's those in Israel tell you that the tribes aren't lost. We've got a few of them here. Well, yeah, that's a few, but that ain't a whole tribe. Now, they're getting more back. Now, you see, there's a little story. Of Jehoshaphat. His name means Yahweh has judged. He was king of Judah. And Moab, Ammon, and others uh, came against Israel to battle. And in Second Chronicles 20, 13 through 20, it, it has a story. This was the Israel originally who saw God battle for them. Now Judah would see it again because the, the other tribe had been carried away. But originally, under Jehoshaphat, they were being threatened. And by the time you see Isaiah come along, both houses had backslid. Judah under Ahaz and Jezebel. And, of course, the northern tribes were removed for idolatry. And see, when all these other tribes came up against them, all Judah stood before the Lord, their little ones, wives, and children. Verse 13. Then Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jehiel, and the son of Matani, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. So he prophesied. And he said, Hearken, hearken ye, all Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid or dismayed by the reason of this great multitude, for the battle is yours, not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerul. Well, the thing I like about this, he even tells them where they're going to be at. He says, You'll not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves and stand still. They're going to go down there, but they ain't going to do nothing. How neat is that? And see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. 
And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground in all of Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites and the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korhites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. As they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe as prophets, so shall ye prosper. It's about belief. It's about facing the enemy. It's about standing up and saying, Lord, we're here. We're yours. We trust in you. But you see, Hezekiah had a true prophet that could tell him exactly what the Lord said. We have a lot of prophets, and they're going to tell you a lot of things. And what they tell you may not be the word of the Lord. So you've got to beware. There's a lot of deception. See, there is that tribulation, there is that snare, there is that fear. And in your lives in America, you probably will not ever face these kind of situations. But you will face a devil who walks about as a roaring lion. You will fe uh, face people who, who want to tell you stuff that will scare the bejesus out of you. The hell out of you. Because they don't believe in your God. They don't like to mention the name of Jesus. They don't like to think that you're right. And you can take this further, kids. There's people in this country that don't think God has one ounce of right. We've already had one major Democrat in the House who stood up and said the Lord has no right. God has no right in this house. Well, he's wrong. And the others that sided with him. God has every right, just like he has a right to do something in China against the communists. Make no mistake, this God can and will rule the nations. Further, he says, Behold, I will send a blast, a blast. And in the in the Hebrew transliteration is ruach upon him, and he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land, and I'll cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. He's going to hear a rumor, he's going to return to his own land. And he will fall by the sword. Now you see, the word ruach is actually another word that we can find in other places. But it's a force of a supernatural kind. A spirit. And this spirit goes forth to do the bidding of the Lord. And in this case, this spirit went to tell the king, these rumors, make sure that it came, came to him and it, he went back to his land and that's where he died. 
In Isaiah 19.14, here's another one. This is, this is actually a judgment. Isaiah 19.14. The Lord has mingled a perverse spirit, or a ruach, a spirit of perverseness, causing them to be crooked or perverted, which interpreting meant that they were unwise. It doesn't mean they were committing fornication while they were trying to do decision-making. No. This has to do with the councils. So they were unwise councils. Kind of like the unwise perverted councils that are surrounding Joe Biden right now. This guy can hardly walk up the ramp to get into the plane. And the last I heard, his wife was going to meet with presidents and leaders of other countries. Kamala Harris takes care of other legwork for him. He, I don't know what he does. But see, the counselors surrounded him. This is a spirit of perverseness that's been sent there into our country, into our government for a reason. It's because of sin. It's because of what they've done. It's because of what this nation won't do. And I'm telling you it's connected to repentance. I'm telling you this nation needs to repent. As there's a God in heaven, there's a spirit of God within me, and there's the word of God which I quote. I'm telling you that although we're going through this in Isaiah, it speaks multitudes to us in America today. Because if you consider this God as a light thing, woe be unto you and your country, no matter who you are. In Isaiah 28, 6, that ruach, and for a spirit, meaning ruach, of judgment to him that sits in judgment, and for strength to them that turn the battle to the gate. Isaiah 29.10, For the Lord has poured out upon you the spirit of ruach, of deep sleep, and has closed your eyes. The prophets and your rulers and the seers has he covered. Now this is Isaiah in, in chapter 29. He's speaking to, to those who were in Judah. So what happened was, in the next verse, in verse 8, so Rabshakeh returned, he went back to the king. And he found the king of Assyria warring against Libna, which is a stronghold. Uh, it means literally lowlands, soft sloping hills. It's in central Israel. And it's between the Judean mountains and the coastal plain. For he had heard that he was departed from Lachish, that's in the southwestern portion of Judah, in the foothills of the border of the Philistine plain. Now, he had to leave there. And uh, <laughs> so he went somewhere else. At any rate, you see, the thing of it is, in Isaiah 36, 21, this is where It says, but they held their peace. Now this is the counselors. 
that were sent by Hezekiah to meet with Rabshakeh. They held their peace and answered him, Rabshakeh, not a word, for the king's commandment was saying, answer him not. Now see, and, and that's, that's the way. You know, if you're in a battle and you're talking to someone and they're not going to listen, don't answer them. Go back and seek the Lord. He'll give you counsel. Don't speak out foolishly and say, thus saith the Lord, if he didn't tell you. But the devil is going to be standing there talking to you. Through his minions, usually. Because the, the idea is produce fear. Fear will produce doubt. Doubt will cause division. Division will make it impossible to win. That's always the formula. Divide and conquer. That's not a man thing. That's a devil thing. But see, you can say, I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, Yahshua. I bind you and cast you into outer darkness. You know, that's the way you tell a spirit to go take a flying leap. You rebuke him in the name of the Lord. And you go back and you seek the Lord. You humble yourself. And you need to wait on the Lord. But you see, there's also a place for the believer today that if you're having bad dreams, if you're having a bad day, if you have a co-worker that is causing trouble, whatever it is, you can take care of that, kids. You can get in the Word, build up your faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. However it is, you're, you're going to get your faith. You get it through the Word. And you can bind, you can rebuke, you can <laughs> resist the devil and he will flee from you. It doesn't tell you to get an army. That's what Scripture says. To resist the devil. It doesn't tell you to fast and pray for 40 days. He just said resist him. That's all you need to do. Resist him. He's got enough people he can tempt. He doesn't need any resistance from you. He gets enough of that from those who know how to handle him. But see, he, he can come around the back end, though, and try to attack you another way when you're not looking. But he doesn't fight fair and never has. Do you think the devil tried to overthrow the Lord God by himself? No. He was smarter than that. He went out and found an army. Talked a whole bunch of other angels into following him. The devil isn't a lone player. He's a team player. He always, he always wants his team out there. He ain't going anywhere until Yahshua removes him. And you've got a lot of human principalities out there, like Iran, like China, like North Korea, like Russia, who are going to move in the end of days. Now, Tower was telling me today, and I think it was 100 nuclear silos. That's where you shoot off the missiles. 
I remember when China didn't have anything, but because Walmart and others bought so much from uh, China while she was pretending that she was like us, that's how come the churches was able to do what they were doing. Because China played nicey-nicey and we mistook her what she was doing. So now that she's filthy rich and has everything, she can has an endless supply of money to get ready for the next war, which will kill probably a third, well, Scripture says I think it is a third of mankind. And uh, it says, and he heard say concerning Terhaka, who is the king of Ethiopia, which is Cush, had been made king of Egypt, or Pharaoh, and he reigned about 26 years. Now, you see, it is true that Ethiopia had quite an army, and there was a time that one of their kings actually reigned as Pharaoh of Egypt. And he has come forth to make war with thee. And so at the time that this took place, Terhaka's army, which is the Cush, and he had reigned uh, as Pharaoh of Egypt for about 26 years, according to history. Uh, the Assyrians... Uh, between the Egyptian and the Assyrians took place about 701 B.C. And so when he heard it, he sent messengers to Hezekiah. Now see, Eusebius writes of uh, Terhaka or Terakos as a celebrated conqueror. So then Sennacherib went into Egypt and laid siege to a town, uh, Pasilium. And it was Terhaka who came to the aid of the city. And so then that is the thing that caused Sennacherib to rage, uh, raise the siege. And he went into Palestine uh, because he was going to, uh, you know, Judah was an easier target. So... Actually, when Rabshakei is doing all the boasting about all the conquering that his king had done, it was actually Sargon, his dad, that actually was a celebrated conqueror of the Assyrians, Sargon. Uh, Sennacherib tried to be that, but he got run out of there because of the army, and then he went over against Jerusalem, and he got destroyed. So by the time he leaves with a huge army... He runs away from one group only to go down and eventually wind up at Jerusalem where he's destroyed. His army is destroyed. So he goes back home and in the house of his God, he's killed at the hands of his own sons. And one of the sons who actually takes over, he's one of the last kings because he's more effeminate. The society becomes effeminate and uh, they end up going into the dustpan uh, dust of history. But, uh, you know, th this is, you know, I mean, whenever you're looking. <laughs> Thus shall you speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, said, 
saying, Let not thy God in whom thou trustest deceive ye, deceive thee, saying, Jerusalem shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. See? And so this is how it played out. You have all this in the background. Then you have uh, Rabshakeh going back and, and telling him, Don't be deceived. What Rabshakeh doesn't know is the whole thing is going to go badly for him. And see, that's the way the Lord works, especially with wickedness. He lets wickedness rise to its fullness. And wickedness thinks it's won the day, and then he destroys them utterly. Remember that. Because although we're going into... one day what is called a great tribulation although we look at the antichrist he's only going to be here about three and a half years although we see the nations of men following him and and a great evil upon the world it's going to be for a limited time and yashua will come and destroy them all because god allows the rise of wickedness to rise to its peak and at the same time he allows the righteous to rise to the peak of righteousness. And he harvests them both. The wicked will go into hell and burning fire in the pit. And the righteous will be with Yahshua. And there's the wedding supper of the Lamb. Father, thank you for your mercy today and for the lessons here. Bless those that hear this whenever they hear it. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. Amen. Okay, Tower. So we are down the road. Yeah, that was a great teaching tonight, Dana. Thank you, my dear. Yeah, I hope... The ones that need to really hear it and repent do. Because there is hope. There is. May not be for America, but for the individual, each individual living here, there is hope. Well, there is. Yep. And that's one thing that comes out clear and in it, the Old Testament. And you can trace it clear back to Joshua and Caleb. And every time you hear a testimony of someone being saved and you know, dedicating their lives to Christ and being born again, it encourages you. It's a victory. Yes, yeah. that there is hope. There is. Well, we're going to have to get out of here. Okay, good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. We love you. We appreciate you. We're thankful for all of you, and thank you for all that you do for the Lord. May God richly bless you and keep you. Stay safe and enjoy your Fourth of July holiday, Independence Day. It's the 245th anniversary of Independence Day in America. So That's good night, quite. everybody. Good night, everybody. Shalom. Don't forget to go by warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Listen to the shows, read the articles, pass them on, comment on the shows. Give us a thumb up on that. Be sure to comment. Send it to your friends. We're in a lot of places. Shalom, everybody. Good night.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.